Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Drive Fitness Podcast. This is your host, Tom Driver. I encourage everyone to go check out our Patreon account. This episode is actually going to be one of our exclusive Patreon episodes that we released over a month ago. If you enjoyed today's episode, you can find similar ones at patreon.com slash drivefitness. Don't forget to follow us on Spotify, rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts, and subscribe on YouTube. Another way you can support the company is to check out our merchandise at drivefitness.app. Thank you guys. Enjoy the episode. I don't want to simply rant about my ideas during these solo episodes. The point of having a guest on was to provide a reliable source for each topic that I want to discuss. So this episode is going to be a book review where I'm going to summarize a book that I've read and discuss how it relates to drive fitness. So I went back and reread my favorite nonfiction book. It's called The Lean Startup, how today's entrepreneurs use continuous innovation to create radically successful businesses. The author is Eric Reyes. He was a founder of IMVU, the world's largest 3D avatar chat game. After that, he focused on the lean startup movement full-time. His mission was to improve the success rate of new innovative products worldwide. The first thing that I want to say is that this information does not only pertain to startups. So if you're starting to check out because you know that you are never going to start a company, pay attention because this applies to you too. Eric considers anyone whose job is to help their company innovate an entrepreneur, even if you work for a huge corporation. He has helped many large organizations incorporate a startup mindset into their processes so that they can achieve continuous innovation. So if you think that you might ever work on a new product, service, or process in your career, I still highly recommend you check out this book. The Lean Startup Method has five main principles. I already went over the first principle, which is entrepreneurs are everywhere. The second principle is entrepreneurship is management. You are essentially managing the innovation process, which needs to be closely managed due to the extreme uncertainty that is inherent to innovation. The third principle is validated learning. Startups exist not only just to make stuff, make money, or even make customers. They exist to learn how to build a sustainable business. This learning can be validated scientifically by running frequent experiments that allow entrepreneurs to test each element of their vision. The fourth is the most important principle. Build, measure, learn. If you only remember one thing from this podcast episode, remember that successful startups are constantly following these three steps over and over again. Build, measure, learn. Build, measure, learn. These steps are the fundamental activities of a startup. They turn ideas into products, they measure how customers respond, and then learn whether to pivot or preserve. All successful startup processes should be geared to accelerate this process. The fifth and final principle is innovation accounting. This is how you hold innovation accountable, how to set up milestones, how to measure process, and prioritize work. I really like these principles because it's not just from a business perspective. Money is a side effect of innovation. He really tackles this issue from a scientific perspective. It's really about constantly testing your ideas over and over and then adapting from what you've learned with every iteration. Eric has a beautiful way to visualize how a company learns. In the book, there's a diagram with a pyramid and three sections. The small section at the top is labeled product 
The middle section is labeled strategy and the big bottom section is labeled vision. Products change constantly throughout the process of optimization, which he calls tuning the engine. Less frequently, the strategy changes, which are called pivots. However, the overarching vision rarely ever changes. When it comes to drive fitness, our vision has always been the smart gym. This is something that I've been passionate about since day one and will always be the North Star that we are reaching toward. However, we have pivoted our strategy on how to reach this vision probably half a dozen times. We have pivoted from wanting to own the gym, to selling our software to other gyms, to connecting to in-home gym equipment, and several other different strategies. We then tweak our product in different directions almost weekly, with features such as providing users exercises and workouts instead of forcing them to build their own, jumping from social features like leaderboards and timelines, to now we are building specific features for trainers to manage their clients. We started to display the exercises in picture form, and then we switched to videos, and then eventually settled on animations. The list goes on and on. The book is split up into three different parts. The first is vision, which is essentially everything you need to know before building anything. Research, experiments, defining your hypothesis, etc. The second part is steer, which is essentially the build, measure, learn process. And the third is accelerate, which is how to speed up the innovation process and how to grow into a successful company. For the sake of time, I'm going to dive into the second part of the book and provide some examples of how here at Drive Fitness, we are following this process properly, along with maybe even more examples of how we are failing to follow this process properly. But hey, that's part of learning. So the first step of building is what Eric calls a leap of faith hypothesis. You essentially make some assumptions that will then guide your business plan. He calls them leaps of faith because essentially the success of the entire venture rests on them. I had three main assumptions when I started working on Drive four years ago. The first assumption is something that I considered more of a fact that I concluded through research, which is that tracking your workout data will result in improving your fitness. The second assumption is that most people are actually too lazy to track their workout data and that the majority of people would only be interested in using a workout tracker if it essentially followed them around and recorded all their workout data for them. The third assumption is that even if the app was able to automatically keep track of all their data, a majority of them still either wouldn't care or have the knowledge to use that data effectively. So in order to fully optimize their fitness, you would have to quantify that data into a gamification system that would not only fully engage them, but also correctly guide them towards a healthier fitness regimen. Sheesh! Those were some fat assumptions that I'm still trying to validate today. The next step is to test this hypothesis by building an MVP. I did build one prototype with sensors, but due to lack of resources, I decided to focus on a user input app for my MVP. This would allow me to track the first assumption about tracking exercise data and the third assumption about gamification engaging users. I figured that I would eventually circle back around to my second assumption and build some hardware sensors that could help me track automatically. Now, I do not regret this decision because I absolutely love the app that we have built, but if I had read this book, I might not have started off by making this app. The book states that the MVP should be the absolute bare minimum to test your hypothesis and assumptions. Eric provides several options of how you can essentially cut corners with your MVP. For instance, you can simply make a video instead of a product. This way you can gauge if your users would actually want to use the product before you even begin to make it. I've talked about smart dumbbells several times. If I ever decide to make those, this is the exact method that I'm going to use. I'll get a normal pair of dumbbells, 
record myself lifting with them, and make it appear on the video that the data is automatically being sent to the app. Then I could post the dumbbells on a site like GoFundMe and gauge whether or not people would be willing to pay for the dumbbells. If people are willing to pay, then I'll make them. And if they aren't, then I won't. I would have failed, but I would have failed fast. And I would learn something completing the build measure learn cycle without making anything more than a 30 second video. Another option that the book provides is called the Wizard of Oz test. It's similar to the video, except for you fake the product in real life with test subjects. So I could have test subjects work out while in the background have someone manually plugging in all their exercise data without them knowing, hence the name Wizard of Oz. Now this would be a slow, tedious process, but I would have immediately been able to test all three of my assumptions and give the users the experience I had envisioned without building any smart equipment at all. And actually, while I was typing up the notes for this podcast, this part gave me a great idea. Instead of just having one man behind the scenes secretly tracking your data, we could build a buddy feature or maybe a trainer feature into the app where you and a partner work out together and you track his workouts while he tracks your workouts. That way we could potentially scale out the Wizard of Oz test to a bunch of users at one time. And shit man, ideas like this are why I'm doing these videos. It's one thing to read the material, but teaching a material gives you a much deeper understanding where you can actually elaborate on the knowledge that you've gained. I've read this book three times and I've never thought of that idea till just now. So I was gonna conclude by stating that we did not pick the simplest test for our MVP, but maybe we're on the right track now. The next section is called measure, where you use your MVP to track your progress on your leap of faith assumptions. You'll need to establish a baseline, which is the first learning milestone of innovation accounting. Eric strongly warns against using vanity metrics to measure progress. These are metrics which feel like progress, but they don't actually help you answer your assumptions. When I first released our app, I had about 200 downloads in the first month because I was promoting it so heavily on social media. I could have used 200 downloads as my baseline metric, paid for some more marketing on Facebook, and watched that metric grow every single month and feel like I was on a trajectory towards success. But that would not have answered any of my assumptions about whether my users were truly making progress in the gym. Out of those 200 downloads, I only had about 30 users that were using the app on a weekly basis. And most of those users were only casually using the app. There were only about 10 users that were using the app to track every single workout the way that it was intended. I chose to use a metric called active daily users. And I only had about five active daily users a day, one of those being myself. This is called an actionable metric and is the baseline metric that we use to track our progress not 200 downloads, because at this time, I was already reading this book. Same thing goes for this podcast. I can look at how many downloads I get every month, but I should probably look at how many users are listening to the end of each podcast for a realistic indication of how many people I am actually reaching. Once you pick out the metrics, you want to tighten up your feedback loop so you can frequently tweak the product and see how it affects your progress, learning as quickly as possible. This is called tuning the engine which is the second learning milestone of innovation accounting. The next step is to either pivot or preserve. With only 30 users and only about 10 of those users seriously using the app during our beta test, I would say that we did not truly measure or learn enough during this time period. As a company, we have a tendency to build, build, build without really putting enough emphasis on the measure and learn aspects of the lean startup method. I did learn as much as I could from our users. With a small group, I was able to consistently talk to all of them throughout the trial period. We did not build the product from the beginning with the intent to learn, only to bring the idea into reality. If I was to do this over again, I might have chosen something like the Wizard of Oz test. Based on my second assumption about automated tracking, I knew that a user input app was not going to be extremely successful, but I believed it was a necessary step that I had to take at the time. However, 
Based on my small sample size, I can report that out of the users that did use the app, a majority of them did report that tracking their workouts did help them make improvements in their fitness lives. And almost every single one of them reported that the gamification aspects motivated them to work out more often and for longer periods of time. Also, when we talked to users that tried to use the app and stopped, Almost all of them reported that they stopped using the app because it slowed them down in the gym, and that they would have kept using the app if they didn't have to manually enter in all their workouts. The biggest feedback that I heard across the board from both users that had stopped using the app and users that continued using the app was that they wished the app actually had workout plans to follow. Part of my assumption about automatically tracking workouts was that users would like to go work out however they pleased and the technology would keep track of everything that they do. Personally, I do not like being told what to work out because I feel like I already know what to do when I get into the gym. But it turned out I was in the minority. Users from every skill level wanted to follow a workout plan but the app had no such way of organizing your exercises in such a way. This was definitely the most important learning that occurred during this time period. It is super important because I wanted to focus my energy on building hardware that could differentiate between different movements of exercises that a user was performing. But if the majority of the users would be following a workout plan, then the app would already know which exercises they are doing. We are still going to need to figure out how to track metrics like weight, reps, distance, time, etc., But it's a good thing that I did not waste years of my life building equipment that was not necessary. Anyways, after gathering all this information, we decided not to completely pivot. We preserved the user input app, but we essentially had to build it from scratch to include the workout plans, since they needed to be so integrated into the back end of the app. I could have talked to users from the beginning and done more research on what features were needed, before I even started. At this time, we took down the app and it took us about a full year to re-release the app with the workout feature. I'm making this episode ahead of time and as of right now, we have released the new version. But unfortunately, all the gyms are closed due to the quarantine. So hopefully we're gonna get some new users soon so we can continue the build, measure, learn cycle. So here are my final thoughts. The Lean Startup is an amazing book. I've had several different realizations through the making of this podcast episode because the incredible method that Eric Rise has put together for us. I highly recommend anyone considering starting a company or anyone who is interested in pursuing innovation as a part of their career to go read The Lean Startup. So go check it out and don't forget to download the Drive Fitness app. Thank you guys for your time. I appreciate it. Thanks for tuning in. Just a reminder, if you enjoyed today's episode, you can find similar episodes on patreon.com slash drivefitness.